you know, nobody has to ever pick up a gun. <laughs> this is not about that. This is not about forcing everybody that the way you're going to defend yourself is with a gun. It's the only way to defend yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot of different um, routes to go and there's a lot of non-lethal options too. Uh, if you're trying to defend yourself, you know, the gun is only necessary if, if deadly force is, is merited. That and you don't have to support the second, you don't have to own a gun in order to support the second amendment. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories and testimonies, real church talk. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. We do have Kim uh, Petters and she was on, we, we had a podcast about uh, marijuana laws that's been a big thing you know federally <laughs> statewide and everything um and also mm-hmm. covid policies that was a fun one with um that was a fun one you know, yeah um, <laughs> that was so right I, when everything I, happened too well thanks thanks for always having me i love coming on here it's always good to be on and talk and uh yeah my name is kim petters um from magnolia delaware i have four children i'm a veteran i've run for small political positions once before. I don't know. I don't know. How would you describe me? I don't know. I'm an advocate for a lot of things. One day I'm probably going to run for office one day soon. Yep, that's true. So, um, and yeah, right now, though, we're kind of in the heart of this gun fight. There's a lot of crazy uh, anti-gun bills coming down the pike. And so a lot of women in our state Several hundred have come together, and uh, Deborah's one of them. She's a local teacher and also a, a shooting instructor, and just overall awesome. Thank you, Kim. Uh, yeah, I'm relatively new to the uh, firearm scene. Um, in fact, it's just been about three years since I shot a gun for the first time. I didn't grow up around it. And I didn't actually know any quote unquote gun people. I didn't know anybody, um, or at least I wasn't aware of the people in that I already knew that, that may have been uh, firearms owners. And so I just had to educate myself, take classes and learn and get training. And um, I liked it enough that I just have decided to um, go as far as I can in terms of developing my own skills, but also to be able to um, introduce others and and help them to be able to safely and effectively uh, handle the firearm as well. I like to use the uh, air quotes, gun people. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's, not, there's not like a, a face, there's not a, you know, we think, oh, a gun person looks like this, but A, uh, that, that face has mm. changed dramatically, you know, in the last few years. But also, uh, I think people would be surprised at, at the number of folks that they already know that are firearms owners. Right. Mm-hmm. Just regular folks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Regular so folks. If, if you don't mind me asking, Deborah, what um, you said three years ago, what was it for you three years ago that um, had you shooting guns? Uh, you know, I... I had a friend that enjoyed shooting and he said, Hey, you know, come along to the range with me. I'd like to take you, you know, just once. And (laughs) I went and I loved it. 
and I was a good shot. And it wasn't too long and we kind of parted ways. We were dating. He wasn't just my friend. We were dating and, and we parted ways. And I decided I didn't want to have a poor me party about like, oh, woe is me. I guess I can't shoot anymore because I don't know anybody that shoots. And so I just decided to, um, I signed up for a class, a ladies class, and I took it. And and then I joined um, the Well-Armed Woman, which is a national uh, women's, it's a nonprofit national women's shooting organization. And it offers education and training and opportunities to shoot uh, for women and just really started to grow from there. Oh, and Kim's holding up one of our brochures. I had one from our shenanigans the other day. I said, oh, maybe I'll need this. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not a political organization, nope. but it's a great place for women to, to learn about the shooting arts. And um, I've just grown personally as a result of, of, you know, learning that I'm so, so much more capable than I realized. Me too. Me too. Just thinking about that today too. We can shoot blindfolded. We can reload blindfolded. We can shoot with one hand, left-handed. We can throw our stuff and last minute. We can do all sorts of fun stuff. We have so much fun. And it's like really about like, I love the social aspect. So yeah, we get to go shoot guns like these well-armed women meetups, right? But like every time I leave there, it feels a little like leaving church. Like, I don't know. There's all these women from like, I don't know, 20 on up to great grandmas. Most of them are grandmas and we just have so mm -hmm. much fun. I don't know. I we sure do. I mean, I, I don't I know love. what I would do without, without the friendships that I've developed because of being able to go shooting, you know, yeah. it's just, it's opened up an entirely new world for me because like I said, I didn't, I didn't grow up around guns at all. And I was more on the, you know, cautious side around mm -hmm. guns, not, not very interested in ever owning a gun at, at one point in time. Right. Yeah. Well, I know um, it, it really is a shame that, that crime and gun violence um, really does tarnish um, yeah. what is a wholesome activity, even, even pastime, you know, like competition mm -hmm. shooting. Um, so I had exposure to that as a kid, uh, you know, probably 10, 12 years old, you know, just, just, competition shooting you know for accuracy and targets for prizes and things like that that it you know um wasn't out of really it wasn't out of like fear of self-defense or anything like that or mm -hmm. or definitely not for crime or violent reasons um right more sport you know so yeah. anyway um so i don't know um to i find it very good for your mental health oh yeah <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I just find it's, you know, we've all been through a really difficult time and we're still in the middle of a difficult time because of COVID and quarantine and, and a lot of things, but uh, having an outlet to be able to go and enjoy uh, still, I think it's definitely great for your mental health. Yeah. Well, T, I was going to say, uh, you know, everyone's sharing. I don't know if you want to share anything before we, you know, talk about the you know, the bills and everything, but um, your gun experience or your view or anything? For the most part, um, for those who may not know me, even though I'm a pretty frequent staple here, um, TJ, uh, I'm pretty pretty much a gun enthusiast. 
you know, I enjoy um, the mechanics. I enjoy knowing how they work, um, knowing the differences in, in the calibers and taking apart weapons, you know, putting them back together, stuff like that. But um, I'm also very interested and invested in the, the safety aspect um, and the history behind it, you know, and the, the founding fathers uh, viewpoint and their reason for why um, they pretty much made it a, a staple in, in the uh, founding of this country. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously these bills have worried me, you know, a lot, which is, I sent in a, um, I think an article last week to Keith and then a video last night to Keith um, because it is very worrisome and I think it affects us. I think it affects our, our safety, uh, which is the one thing they're constantly advocating for while um, promoting bills or passing bills that actually contradict the thing they say they're advocating for. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. You, you know, when we have rising rates of sexual assault and yet we want to make it more difficult for a woman to get a gun. How, mm -hmm. how does that help her to be safer? You know, we had a uh, shooting February 28th. We had two shootings in Dover, mm -hmm. small town. We had two shootings in Dover and um, they apprehended two suspects and the suspects go free. Yeah. And one of them shot four people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He shot and, four people and within 24 hours was let out of jail and you're worried about. <laughs> and was a person prohibited from owning a firearm? You know, he was prohibited from possessing a firearm. So let's toughen up the laws that we already have on our books before we go and spend millions of dollars to enact new laws that affect the people that are lawful gun owners, responsible, care about safety, and um, why should we have to pay because other people commit crimes? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a single mom. I, I don't know about you. None of us have unlimited incomes. Mm -hmm. But as a single mom, I mean, yeah. you have to weigh every penny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big proponent um, or a big supporter uh, of both Thomas Sowell and Milton Friedman. And they both um, reference ideas and how it's not the the... It's not the intention, excuse me, behind your policy. It's the actual effect of your policy. You know, so mm -hmm. a lot of them, they put mm -hmm. forth a lot of um, well-intentioned policies. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. the effect is very detrimental, you know, and, and devastating. And in this case, it will be quite devastating um, for those who are low income. Um, and it just, it raises the bar of entry, which always deters some, you know, and in a day and age where you have, a, a, I think it's the most we've seen as far as um, gun, gun people buying guns. And the majority of those people are both minority and women. Mm -hmm. So now you raise the bar of entry, which affects both minorities and women. And the name of helping minorities and women. I just don't understand this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think I would have ever. It doesn't um, make, it really gun. doesn't make much. Oh. It's okay. Go ahead, Kim. I think we have some. Nope, my <laughs> computer is going to die. I got to get a charger. That's all right. Well, you know, I don't think I ever would have purchased a gun. You know, I was originally, you know, looking to spend about $250 just to buy something. Um, you know, I was concerned, not any, not any particular threat. Um, but 
just wanting to be able to care for my kids and provide for them the best that I can. You know, as, as a mom, I've always been safety conscious, you know, when, when my children were little, making sure they were strapped into their strollers. If they were sitting in the stroller, they had to be buckled in because I never wanted to have a regret. Well, now that I've developed a skill for self-defense, then I want to be able to protect my children if I ever had to. And so that's a right I wouldn't have ever been able to take advantage of if, um, if the costs were so prohibitive for mm-hmm. me to be able to do that. And not even just the cost now, because now they want to mandate other things behind it. So it's not just a cost that prohibits yeah. or that creates a barrier. Now there is also uh, mandatory trainings, which I think that every individual should be, they should be um, well-trained. I think everyone should be well-trained. I think they should understand the rules of firearm safety, but I don't think that mandating it is appropriate. You know, yeah, encourage you know- it, put them in, put them in environments where people who they will be around, whether it's a gun range or whatever, where the people who they'll be around um, teach them you know, but not to where it's mandated. There's a certain quote, you have to have this many hours or pay this much because now all you do is further deter people. You know, you create a, you you raise the bar. Right. And you can also give a false sense of security. Oh, well, I did that. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the person that has gone through a concealed carry, a CCDW um, course and thinks that their training stops there. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's just the beginning. It's just a launch pad. But if, if we say, well, you need eight hours of training. Oh, okay. I've got eight hours. So I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I agree with you, TJ, like it shouldn't be mandated. It should be something that um, we certainly encourage. I mean, I'm a firearms instructor. I encourage people to get more training because I think that's um, that's for their own benefit, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of training that I have received through the well-armed woman, for example, through this shooting organization. And it wasn't a specific class, but we provide ongoing training on a monthly Mm -hmm. basis. You know, how do you quantify that and say, well, that's not valuable. It has to be this and, and, you know, eight hours of training on average costs $200. When I first bought a gun, I, when I think it was like the next day, to um, someone down south, he's an instructor, but he didn't charge me for it or anything. I said, hey, listen, I have this gun and I need to you know how to use it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I only had experience with long guns when I was in the military, you know, M16s and I wanted to know how to use, you know, a little handgun. And um, he had a range at his house and I just went there and we fired off plenty of rounds and I left there feeling very confident. And then it, you know, so I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't need an expensive training. And I still took the responsibility, the personal responsibility of making sure I know how to safely handle and operate a firearm. And then after that, later, I took it upon myself to actually, I took further. I did actually eventually with that uh, person, Kevin um, Outen is his name. Um, I ended up taking more classes with him and paying, but that was from my own choosing at my own pace. And when I had time and I didn't have to wait on that in order to physically have the handgun and learn how to use it. I didn't need a government mandated training that was certified and this Mm -hmm. and that, like, that's not how the second amendment works. That's not how personal protection works. That's not how tyranny works. That's not how any of that works. 
so, I don't know. So I don't think it's right to say that you have to get this mandatory training and then, oh, by the way, who's going to pay for it and who's going to make sure all this happens. So now we're, now we're taking all of our tax dollars and we're creating this government entity, you know, which is only going to expand and grow over time. And I hate to say it, but likely the people who hold majority party are going to hire their friends for those positions which keeps feeding that big blue monster. Let's be honest, this does go into politics. And by the way, all those positions, we're going to be paying all those retirements too, because it's never going away. It's only going to expand. So now we got to pay taxes to have our rights delayed. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when we were, when we did the, um, you know, the podcast about marijuana and marijuana laws here in Delaware, and you guys were letting me know, you know, like even what had been done, there was a little bit of cronyism involved. Um, and what they did allow. Um, so it just seems kind of, especially here in this state, it seems par for the course to, for there to be a little bit of cronyism and corruption, you know, oh, you do allow. No, I think it's because we're a small state. I didn't come from Delaware. I've lived here for a little over eight years, but one thing that I love about Delaware is the same thing that you just mentioned. You know, I love the fact that I can go places and I know people. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere you go, you know, someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows a friend of yours, you know, and I think because of that, you know, it's this small community wherever you are in Delaware. And it just tends to it's it's a wonderful thing. But everything that that's good, if it's out of balance, it can become mm-hmm. a negative. It, it, it I, I might have been reading it wrong, but it looked like Kim might have had a, uh, a different opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do love that Delaware is small and everybody knows everybody, but it does leave a lot of room for corruption. And I just want to say, I know we're not here to talk about, you know, cannabis or marijuana, but the last time we told we spoke, I told you I had a concern that the uh, a delegate, so like a senator, if you will, in New Jersey, he wanted his hands on a license, a dispensary license here in Delaware. Well, guess what? He got his hands on. So the majority whip, if you will, of New Jersey is about to become a bazillionaire in Delaware. He got one of the licenses. And now when we go recreational, all that money is going to funnel in towards him. I'm sorry, the whole thing, everything has corruption. So while I love a small Delaware and I do love seeing people I know everywhere, I've actually always dreamed of living that way my whole life. I just wanted that small town feel and I have it. But with Mm -hmm. that, comes corruption and with a small town feel nobody wants to be the one to rock the boat so the corruption they're just allowed to do it because because it's a small town if you upset one person word travels fast and now you may lose Mm -hmm. clients you may lose business so people because it's small keep their mouths shut and honestly that's how this stuff's allowed to happen there are pros and cons to everything i don't mean to be negative absolutely not to bring it up i'm sorry Mm -hmm. yep but, you know, that's where, you know, something that, that can be a positive, if, if it's taken to one extreme, it can be a negative. Yeah. You know, and I if it goes it unchecked. On people. It depends mm-hmm. on your leaders, quite frankly. I guess that can happen anywhere. Right. Larger right. states or smaller. True. Well, True. Um, how about um, the the bills? It, again, I don't know if it's a, a April Fool's Day joke that these, these bills passed on today, but... Um, it seems like they passed, at least to my knowledge. But, you know, do you guys want to give us uh, kind of a walkthrough of what those bills uh, entail? 
Yeah. So there's one SB3 is a permit to purchase bill and it has all sorts of requirements in there. So not only do you do the NICS background check, the already federal background check um, to purchase a gun, there's additional background checks that the state is putting in. There's additional um, that they're going to be requiring. There's additional uh, fingerprinting all at your expense. Um, there's going to be waiting periods. There's going to be required trainings that you have to take. It's just, there are so many barriers in place that it's going to cost upwards of $500 just to get the permit. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then there is, um, SB six, which is the magazine capacity limit. I think it's 27 <laughs> rounds. Is it Deborah? It's uh, it limited to 17 rounds. Yeah, I thought it was 17. Sorry, 17. 17 rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking 27. There's no way. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, and, you know, these bills are no good, no good at all. It literally is going to change the face of gun ownership in Delaware. And it's funny because we had um, a meeting with uh, Kathy Jennings, um, our, our attorney general's uh, staff, and I said, I asked them, or he asked me, he says, their uh, legislative coordinator says, well, you have your concealed carry permit, right? And I said, well, no, actually, I took the course, but they require so much. You got to go get your picture taken. You got to get five references from someone in your state, in your county. Um, you got to publish it in the newspaper. Okay, <laughs> there's just all these extra steps, which, by the way, are Delaware, Delawareisms. Not every state does that. Very few states require those extra things. So anyway, I told this guy, Kathy Jennings, you know, administrator, I said, no, I said, I don't have it. I took the course, but there's so many hoops you have to jump through. I haven't gotten it yet. And he's like, yeah, exactly. And it's going to be just like that for permits to purchase, which means less people will have guns. And, you know, the reality is that the people that are making these laws, obviously, I don't know all of their individual experiences, but it seems to me that they really don't understand firearms very well. For example, um, That's correct. up until just a few years ago, the number has changed somewhat, but, you know, law enforcement, trained law enforcement officers who are 100% shooters, that means that they that in target practice, they, they get on target 100% of the time. When they're in a defensive situation, their shots are three to 7% accuracy. Mm -hmm. Now, it's been 10 years that's improved because their training methods have improved. I think now it's actually up to about a 25%. It's close to that figure right now. But that's law enforcement officers who get to train and have, um, you know, mm -hmm. different type of training than I do as, as a public school teacher, right? And so you're telling me that somebody breaking down my door, now I have a teenage daughter, I have a 13 year old. So somebody breaking down my door and I don't know what they have in mind. Um, let's hope that I, I have a firearm nearby that I can use if needed if deadly force is required, because I don't want my daughter to go through the trauma of rape. Mm -hmm. Not if I can help it, yep. not on my watch. And, and so who's going to say, you know, how many rounds are needed to stop that? I, I just can't quantify that because I can't, right. you know, and, and I've, I've been in situations where I practice swapping one magazine out for another and you, you work on those skills. Right. 
but even even with that training um somebody's you know high on drugs walking through my door they're not feeling the effect of the bullets mm -hmm. you, you know, know there Kate, was there was nope. go go ahead kim <laughs> I, was I was just gonna, gonna say share. when we went so aaron who's also the other co-founder of this uh of our coalition our women's defense coalition her and i and her daughter we decided you know we keep hearing so much about their defenses that Laura, Senator Laura Sturgeon, who's super anti-gun, claims that she put out this survey, which nobody I know has weighed in on this survey. And this survey supposedly states that 74% of Delawareans want stricter gun control and this and that. And so my friend Aaron and I were like, Lies. well, Lies. yes, so, <laughs> right, right, right. And so we, Aaron and I were like, let's just go to some of the furthest left districts we can find. And right. let's talk to people. Let's ask them, right? So we had a sign, you know, it's, I think one said, can we talk gun rights? And the other one said, gun rights matter, right? And we just got out of the car and we were in Senator, Senator Darius Brown's district. And we just would stop and ask one person and they would hear, other people would hear what we were saying and other people would come over and say, you know, cause we'd say, oh, well, if you agree with this, can we take a picture with you? And they'd say, yes, absolutely. So many people were flocking to us. When I tell you over a hundred people easily and 100% of these people said that they do not want a permit to purchase bill. And I'll tell you why. Once we explained to them the barriers in place, they said, well, that just makes it so hard that why don't we just go down the street and we can just buy a gun there? It's easier. And I said, yeah, totally. I get that. But what happens when you get caught with it? So basically, mm -hmm. Senator Darius Brown, you voted today to turn all of the people into your district criminals. You turned your back on them. And I'm going to go back and let them know that you voted yes for this, just so you know. But that is absolutely disgusting because when you, when we were there, I mean, Aaron can tell you their faces when they realize, wait a minute. So if I have to do all this to get a gun, I'm not going to have the money for that. I mean, half the people we, we talked to were using public transportation. So you think that they have the extra $500 just, and that's just the license, if you will, to buy a gun. So now they have to choose between safety and affordability right and if they choose safety and buy a gun on the street and they get caught with it now they're going to jail all because of people like senator darius brown people like senator laura sturgeon people like senator tizzy lockman people like uh senator townsend people like senator mcbride they are people like senator kyle evans gay they are so anti-gun that they are putting people in harm's way one in three women will be raped or assaulted in their lifetime right now in delaware women in Wilmington have are four times more likely to encounter someone trying to assault them than they are encountering someone trying to hurt them with a gun. And in Dover, they're 10 times more likely to encounter someone trying to insult them, assault them versus encounter someone with a gun. And people like Kyle Evans Gay and Rep Sean Lynn and all those people, all those anti-gun people are putting women in harm's way because by the way, I weigh like 120 pounds, more than half the population can overpower me. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair that they make it harder for mm -hmm. us to choose how we want to defend ourselves. I shouldn't have to choose between putting food on the table for my four children or right. defending my, or having a yep. gun to defend myself. No one should have to choose that. And yep. I'm so disappointed in our state legislature.
I think it's uh, a joke, you know, like you said, 70, was it 74%, you know, whatever they, they claimed, you know. That's such crap. They, it's, you, you're pretending like the bills that you're passing are the voice of the people. Um, They're not. And I, you know, you see it time and time again. And I'm, I think, I think again, not to keep referencing the old uh, podcast, you know, but I think we talked about that. We were talking about um, federal, federal elections versus state and local elections, you know. Um, this is why you don't you have to keep up with their voting record and what they're passing and what you agree on and stop voting for a party and vote for policies, mm -hmm. you know, that you actually line up with because, you know, you keep you, whoever that is, keeps voting in the same people that are doing the opposite of what you actually believe in or, or support. Yeah. Um, and they, they get to just say this is what the people want. And I guess ignore the uh, the voicemails and the emails and the phone calls objecting to what they're going yeah. to do, you know, I mean. My understanding is that yesterday afternoon there was a um, there was a the Senate Judiciary Committee had a hearing, and they heard uh, they heard arguments for and against three different bills that were before them, and there were seven hundred people is is the number that I heard on the call. Correct. And of those. Um, many were not able to speak because of the limits placed on them. But there were people, uh, there were eight people that argued for, for the bills, for the restrictions, for the gun control measures. And yet those, um, those eight were not all from Delaware. <laughs> what are you doing messing with our lives and the laws that affect us. There are people from New York City that are lobbying for, I mean, you've got, an, you've got a whole lot more people. I mean, you have more people in one borough of New York City than you have in our entire state. Why do you need to come down here and mess with us? Yep. Can I also add that of those eight people who spoke, okay, so there's this group called Moms Demand Action who are so ill-informed and they think if they take everyone's guns, we're going to be safer, right? Because they just, that's what mm -hmm. they think. And so of those eight people, like four of them were Moms Demand Action, the same people that show up every single time. And one of them is like Kathy Jennings, scheduler the person when you need an appointment or a meeting with her like they like they don't even have people from the community and it's that are that are you know supporting these they have like five people five people who want these bills and it's so funny because today senator lawson in the senate meeting in the senate hearing he held up a stack he printed out all the emails for and against and the ones for were like this and the ones against we're like this, but do you think they care? No, and I'll tell you why, because of the people who get them elected, the people who fund their campaigns, the people they made promises to should they get elected. I no longer believe this is about the people. I was naive enough to believe that for a time. I no longer believe that. And I also think the fact that we are from Joe Biden state, I think that's killing us. I think that's killing us that President Biden is from Delaware because we all know that Carney is going to run um, for Congress after this. We all know Kathy Jennings is gonna run for governor after this. And so it's just, you know, they're all gonna want his- blue wave. That's that blue wave. Endorsement, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. They're all gonna want his endorsement. So they're doing everything that he would want. I mean, it's the reason our state is still shut down the way it is. 
I mean, like just within the first hundred days of office, you know, the they passed a resolution and, you know, gratitude to Kamala Harris for her accomplishments. Like, what has she done for Delaware? I mean, that to me it just because <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I mean, why are we let's let's deal with Delaware. I mean, I'm not from here, but I love Delaware like it's my own. I it's my adopted state. I've chosen to Delaware stay here. Is I've your chosen home. to raise my children. It is my home. Dover's my hometown. It may not be where I grew up, but it's my hometown. And and it just kills me to see that, you know, I when I first started getting involved in in this issue, I was gonna say fight, but I I if you know me, I don't like fighting. I don't like confrontation. I, I figure- She is so sweet and elegant and well-spoken. I don't even know what she's doing hanging out with us. I swear she's like our better half. <laughs> I strive to be more like you. I'm not even kidding. But you know, like I, I thought if they could just hear our hearts, if they could just see that oh, this is Lord. really about Lord. protecting women. I, you know, in my naivete, I just thought that that might make a difference, but it doesn't. They, nice. They've made up their minds. Nice. They, they've yeah. decided it doesn't matter the unintended consequences. Let's, let's recognize that we all want to see an end to gun violence, but that's not going to happen when we're only punishing the innocent. Let's punish the offenders and deal with it from that, um, from that, um, angle not sit here and place more restrictions that are cost prohibitive on law abiding people that don't break that don't break the um, resolutions that are the legislation that's already in effect so so i do have a question i like that oh go ahead no go ahead go ahead Karen. i just want to say one thing because everyone talks about the offenders and i agree with that because 70 percent of the people arrested in delaware for gun crimes have already either one already a person prohibited or have been charged previously. However, a lot of them are very young. A lot of them are underage. So while I, I, and I know what you mean by this, um, you know, cause I say it all the time too, we need to be going after the people that are committing these crimes. If they care, if, if these legislators care so much about their communities, why don't they care why that teenager felt the need to have a gun? <laughs> Does anybody even care about the streets that kid has to walk down or the or the or the or the home that child returns to does anybody care about addressing the real root of the problem because more often than not there's something there's like no no kid just wants to have a gun for no reason so whether they're affiliated with other people or gangs or whatever it is we need to address that oftentimes it's socioeconomic so why aren't we doing more to help that? It's education. Why aren't we doing more to do that? If these people care so much about their districts, why aren't they on the streets helping them? Why aren't they doing what we did and go talk to them? That's, I, I'm not buying it anymore that it's about public safety. It's not. And I'm not buying anymore that they care about the people in their district because they don't. Well, I wish you would tell us how you feel. <laughs> uh, do, do you have a response to that um man. there there was some reference earlier the um i can't remember the exact number 75 percent or whatever um they often use that tactic you know it, it's i don't want to say it's an intellectual sleight of hand i think it plays on ignorance 
you know, um, they use numbers. And for example, they'll say, you know, 85% of people support universal or support, yeah, universal background checks. But what they don't tell you is that the people who quote support it have no idea what mm -hmm. the difference between a universal background check and a regular background check is, you know, and we actually inform them as Kim um, has said that they've done, we inform them of what the specifics are, you know, um, then their, their support changes and you actually find out they're not in support. You don't have that number that you thought you had, but in order to, I guess, bolster or give the illusion of support, you know, they, they throw out these, these numbers that are, are just false, you know, um, and misrepresentations, uh, but that, that take the ignorance of the people for their benefit. Okay. Um, and as far as the, the, the congressmen, the, um, the representatives, I think the issue, a larger issue is a lack of accountability. You know, they can do these things. Um, I was watching uh, Tim Cast yesterday and Ian had brought up how these representatives should have smart contracts. And what you ran on is exactly what we voted for you for. That's exactly what you should be held accountable for. And once you deviate from that, then we should be able to redress the grievances and get you out of there, you know, because you ran on this, this and this. And that's that's what we voted for, you know. And when you have a stack of paper that's four times as, as big as another stack, um, but you're willing to go with the minority, you know. For the sake of um, your 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 donors i think you should be able to you should be held accountable for that you know um we, they shouldn't be able to sneak this through and there be no repercussion the fact that people can do this and then say well i'm going to run for office you know um you shouldn't have the opportunity the fact that you've done this and that you went against your your that, that you went against the people that you're supposed to represent you should be you should be removed from office you know, because that's not the case, because a lot of people really don't, they, they have this um, position to where it's like, well, it's done now. What can I do? You know, I talked to a guy yesterday about the bills and he was like, well, it's going to pass anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, they feel defeated already. Yeah. Yeah. And that defeatist mindset doesn't help anything. Um, if they have won this, quote, battle, we need to get even tougher, you know, in response and say, well, look. There's no reason why it should be acceptable that you went against the majority of the people you're supposed to represent. And it shows that you are not a representative of the people. You know, that's just that's just the guise by which you do your own thing. You know, um, you actually represent special interests. Mm -hmm. But until until there's. Severe accountability for those who I don't mean like harming, but until there's right, right, until there's thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. You Speaking of guns, I don't wanna, that. Yeah. Knock, <laughs> yeah, knock, knock, knock. Don't take that out of context. Right. Uh, but until there's actual accountability, you know, um, for those who betray their 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 oath or um, who go against the things, the people who they're supposed to represent, then I think this will only continue. Um, in regards to, oh God, Kim was just speaking of um, actually finding out the underlying issues. Yeah, I'm, I'm the more of a um, yes. I, I really think that 
I think that's the best course of action, but I don't think that they will take that course of action because it doesn't allow for them to push the gun control narrative. You know, it doesn't allow for them to garner the support that they can garner by simply pointing at the weapon itself, by simply pointing at the okay. D itself. You know, it's they like often use a criminals. On, on, you know, when somebody is bleeding out on the floor, it's like giving them a Band-Aid. Yes. You know, yes. except that you're making everybody wear the Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Everybody who doesn't need to wear the Band-Aid is forced to wear the Band-Aid. But and you never actually you address the issue. When somebody's bleeding on the floor. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I noticed also that... Um, I'm a Second Amendment absolutist. I believe that if a person is free, they should have the right to keep and bear arms. If they're not, if you don't deem them safe enough to keep and bear arms, then you should not, they should not be on the street, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I think that the the label of, quote, criminal is often used um, to the benefit of those who desire to take away our rights. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hold that same position. I, I I'm an ex-felon. You know, um, I went through the process of getting my my part and all that um, proved myself to be um, a decent individual. You know, I proved myself to be someone who's reliable. Uh, Here he goes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After being, you know, being in church for, what, 14 years now, you know, um, being a deacon, a minister and and just being active in the community as well. You know, trying to help the children. um, I proved myself to be someone who who is the epitome of change, you know, who's come from one way of life and has changed and become someone who now I'd give my life, you know, for people that I don't even know. I'd give my life in, in, in service and to protect those who are vulnerable, you know. Um, so I don't, seeing where I come from, I don't think that just because someone has had a record, you know, or has had a criminal history means that they should be deprived of the right to defend themselves. And I think I that because we do that, we only... We only um, bolster the number of criminal interactions, you know, um, or um, we only bolster the crime report because you have people who are in these certain situations who carry a gun because they feel like they have to, not because they're trying to do anything wrong. They feel like they have to because of where they are, because of the things they see every day. And they're they're correct, you know, in that sense. But when something happens, even if they defend themselves, they're viewed as the aggressor, you know, um, both of them are viewed as the aggressor. It's just two criminals were, you know, in a shootout and they use that scenario as well. Instead of it being someone, someone actually defended themselves. Um, so I think there's a whole lot that. That's never brought up. By the way, that's never, ever, ever brought up the times guns are used to stop crimes or protect mm-hmm. person, self, life or property. Never ever ever brought up You're and right. it's underreported like- as well it's greatly underreported because i was um, looking at some um, some studies and it was shown that when people brandish a weapon and it stops a crime um or when someone shoots at an individual who's either breaking their breaking into their home or um you know out in public if the person isn't hit if the person doesn't want to um go on record or um, there are times just where it's not reported as a defensive gun use. Right, so you have right. this large number of defensive gun uses that are not reported at all, um, but they overreport. Or, or how about the person who was in a situation? Because I would totally do this um, if I needed to like pull my gun 
for whatever reason and not use it. And then situations diffuse, the threat has left, I've mm-hmm. left. I'm not necessarily going to call the cops and report, oh, by the way, there was a situation yeah. where I had to. So you're right. It's probably even the numbers that we do have. I never even thought They're about underreported. how many must be so underreported. But e- reported or underreported anyways, the fact is they never consider it. They never bring it up. They're just like, oh, we're going to take it. And we don't care what the unintended consequences are for you. We don't care mm-hmm. if it's going to make it less safe for you. They don't care. I like that you bring up the the uh, what's called the law of unintended consequences, you know, because you can put forth a legislation or whatever, and there will be consequences from that, yeah. whether they're good or bad. You know, there's going to be consequences, and I think that one thing I'm um I have a question, you know, um, and I, I wonder if Delaware, as of right now, is a state where you can legally carry if you're legally allowed um, to own a gun. How does it help? to create a barrier now to where you have to go through all these hoops, you know, in order to purchase the weapon and carry the weapon. Wouldn't that only create more victims? You know, whereas of now, if you can buy a gun, if you legally own it, you can buy it and you can protect yourself. Well, they're mm-hmm. putting forth this legis- legislation to where you ha- you'll have to do all this extra stuff. And when seconds matter, when time matters, the time that it takes you to go through that process keeps you in jeopardy. So how does how does that help? Yeah, also, I was I don't know if yours is rhetorical, but that was similar to what my question was earlier or what, what it was gonna be was um I genuinely want to know what's what's the merit, you know, what's the merit to these bills? What's the merit to what this bill creates? Um, if you guys are able to articulate that, I know it's difficult when you stand stand opposed to something. No, it's but from their you, perspective. What's the merit? Yeah, you know, what is it I'll tell you from their perspective, there are two things that they're trying to reduce here. One is straw purchases, and that's where guns are bought illegally. Like so someone legally buys a gun and then sells it to someone who is a person prohibited. The second thing, um, so Representative Dorsey Walker, we're really trying to work with her right now because her concerns is suicide. She thinks it's gonna reduce suicide. So I just wanna say, while those are very well intended, here's the thing with suicide. Where there's a will, there's a way. If a person is suicidal, taking away their guns isn't going to do anything because one, they still have access to pills, their car, jumping in front of something, jumping off of something, or, oh, by the way, they have the key to their neighbor's house because they feed their cats when they're on vacation for the last several years. And, oh, they have guns, so they have access to it. If a person is a threat to themselves or someone else, the person needs to be quarantined, not the tool. Second, um, when it comes to, you know, straw purchases, all this is actually going to do is increase straw purchases. Every single person that we spoke to said, I'm going to be forced to have to go buy one illegally. Now you brought up something that made me think that I had not thought about all these people who buy these guns illegally. And Deborah, think about this for a minute. They now have an illegal gun because they need it for safety or whatever reason. And the permit to purchase was too out of reach for them to get. Do you think they're going to show up with that gun for training? <laughs> Yeah. I would be scared I think to bring it will deter training objects mm-hmm. to these instructors who follow all the rules mm-hmm. because so now we're going to have legal guns and more people going to jail for having them simply because they just wanted the right to carry. Mm-hmm. Right. And you it's, know, is this no bueno? These are no bueno. 
You know, it doesn't. <laughs> and not all, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm laughing because I'm a Spanish teacher for those that don't know. So she's saying no bueno. And, you know, but, oh. you know, I think that sometimes in the, out of a concern for safety, as we discussed, the, the unintended consequences, you know, I, I strongly recommend if you ever draw a firearm, even if somebody goes away, that you do report it to the police. Um, because it is important that they understand because they might know there's there's a track record here they might um, you know Mm -hmm. and it also is a good way for you to make sure that they understand you know the circumstances that were going on but from a safety standpoint if the unintended consequence and I'm not recommending that people go out and and buy guns illegally not not recommending that whatsoever but I think the politicians are <laughs> the politicians it are doesn't seem like that. that. It the doesn't only reason seem I'm like here that. is to just ad lib jokes. Okay, so you continue. <laughs> Don't let me interrupt you. <laughs> but but I think the reality is, you know, if the concern is for safety, then let's address the safety, mental health concerns, um, environment issues that that are affecting those that are committing crimes. Um, it's not. You know, when we talk about, you know, the worst things, you know, the worst plague or one of the worst plagues that has hit our country in the last um, 20, 25 years is mass shootings. We didn't used to have them. And now it's a reality. Now it's a reality that we, as a school teacher, we train for them. As people, we, we think about them. We wonder, you know, because there's no place that's safe, you know, malls, churches, synagogues, schools, there's no place that's safe. And we can declare places that are gun safe zones, (laughs) but it doesn't keep them safe. And until we realize that, we're not going to be addressing the root issues. So we're not, you know, if if I'm for the, the ability to carry a firearm or to defend myself or my family with that tool, if I so choose, uh, and the situation warrants itself, that doesn't mean that I want to see gun violence on the rise, but there's actually statistics and I'm sorry, I don't have them um, handy, but as, as the number of concealed carry permit holders has gone up and this isn't, um, this is, uh, I believe these are national statistics, not state statistics. The number of violent crimes has gone down. Why is that? Because if you know, that anybody could be prepared to defend themselves with a gun if necessary, you're gonna think twice before you hold up that liquor store or that gas station, because you don't know if that soccer mom might be prepared to defend herself because she's carrying a a firearm concealed. But if you know that all the guns are locked up- No for a fact, right. Then there's no longer yeah. deterrent. Yeah. I just wanted to say one thing about mass shootings is so I went to two years ago, Senator Hansen, who's anti-gun. She says she's not and that she follows the statistics, but she follows the bias statistics that are Bloomberg funded. It'd be like me sending her NRA stats, like, come on, <laughs> can you find something a little unbiased? But anyway, so Senator Hansen had this um, gun forum a few years ago. And there was this forensic like 
mass shooting scientist guy who expert, whatever that came and spoke. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you think the main cause of these like mass shootings going into schools and, you know, movie theaters. And he said, the reason is media. He says, and he showed, he showed like slides and this and that, but basically it comes down to, we're always going to have psychopaths in the world, right? There's, they're going to be walking among us forever with more, all the more reason to always be carrying. But, um, and he said, when they see one person do it in their minds, it's glorified and that the copycat effect is real. So if we know this and we have these experts who say all this, why aren't we going to the media and saying, Hey, stop making this guy look like a hero. Cause he just shot 30 people. And mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh, well, we better take everyone's guns. No, if there's psychopaths out there, which there's always going to be with guns, I'm always going to have a gun too, mm-hmm. because I don't want to be caught without one mm-hmm. ever again. <laughs> and, and, you know, the reality is um, it was 1999 when we had the um, Columbine high school shooting with Dylan Klebold and, and Eric Harris. Well, when was the internet really starting to take off? When was the accessibility factor um, really starting to take off. You know, you don't have to be, you know, some educated person that likes to read the newspaper. You just have to have a Twitter account. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was listening I to, um, name, okay. I think his name is John Elliott, I believe. Um, guy who was testifying in Texas a few days ago. And he was, he brought up mass shooters and how, their intent, their goal is to essentially commit suicide, but to, they, they know that they'll receive much more attention if they take other people with them. He was bringing up how, um, I believe it was the Batman theater or the um, shooting that took place during the release of a Batman movie at a theater. And he said there were like four different theaters in a 20-minute drive from the person's house, but they went to the one theater where they restricted guns. And he was saying that these people, they always go. I mean, it makes sense. Crimes of opportunity will take place where there's optimum opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you know the only opportunity that you will get going into a place is to receive a bullet, you will not go there. You know, mm-hmm. so if you want to make people safer, then you arm the public. A armed society is a polite society. This is a very true thing. You know, it keeps true. everyone honest. You know, it keeps everyone honest. It's like the cameras being in every corner of the room. It's going to keep you honest. Because you know there's always something recording. If you know there's always someone around you who has who may have a weapon, then you're you're less likely to act the fool. You know, you're less likely to pull your weapon um, because you know that not only is the person who you're targeting, they may engage you, but also others around you will engage you as well. So you don't have the opportunity to have that mass shooter, you know, effect. You don't get that um, notoriety. You don't get that infamy. Mm-hmm. The other thing the forensic guy said is oftentimes when they pick people to like mass shoot, it's always, it's a mental, obviously they have mental problems and it's always mm-hmm. a, these people have something that I don't have. Like they're, they're mad about their own lives because either they mm-hmm. don't have love or friends or, or whatever it is. Every single time it's a, they have something I don't have. That's a mental problem. Taking everyone's guns is not going to stop right. that from happening. Right. <clears throat> I was going to say that's why Wyatt Earp had his uh, peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I mean, it seems, you know, call a gun a peacemaker, you know, <clears throat> but, and I, not to, I know we've been 
kind of tiptoeing around it and not to get, you know, partisan or anything like that, but our political, but it does tend to be like that, that a lot of times I'll say left or far left, it's like the ideologies are utopian, you know, they're, they're delusional, you know, it's yeah. like to, to not understand that, that the gun is the equalizer, is the peacemaker, is, is to somehow believe that people are inherently good, virtuous, and will do you no harm. I don't know what world you've lived in, but it's very comfy <laughs> life, <laughs> you know, that we should all wish to have. But meanwhile, in reality, one in three women are raped, like you said, you know, and all different types of other uh, assaults and robberies and, and murders, you know, go on. Um, I don't seem they don't seem to be making policy, you know, from reality, you know, from, you know, the fact that, that people aren't that good, that bad things happen. And unfortunately, the only thing that stops bad people is force is something more forceful than what they're bringing, you know, to stop them, uh, which that was, I was going to ask, you know, previously, you know, Deborah mentioned it, but it's like, yeah, who, who has the, who knows the magic number of how many rounds it takes to take a man down, to take yeah. a threat mm -hmm. down there, you know, and I don't know how many uh, you've seen, I've seen enough, you know, for myself, but how many people were shot and then either end up shooting, hurting or stabbing, police or a victim nearby even though they had been shot numerous times you know i, yeah, I don't know they don't, there's they don't a video um, and they just go down instantly all the time there's a video i i saw it was a uh, footage um body cam footage from a police officer and this is from within the past year i don't remember the town and i don't remember the specifics but you can see that um he's approached by a threat you know in, in the gentleman kept approaching him and kept going and wouldn't stop and it took 14 rounds before mm -hmm. the gentleman stopped continuing to come toward the police officer 14 rounds yeah. went into him well if i have a 17 round magazine when i have adrenaline running through me and i'm in a situation where i've never had to fight for my life before can I guarantee that 14 of those are going to be yeah. on the threat? Now, it's also my job to yeah. stop shooting if, if the guy goes down with one. But right. I don't have a guarantee yeah. that, that he's going to go down with one round. Right. You would have to, have, to have 75% accuracy when it's quite the opposite. You said at best the numbers are 75% inaccuracy. At best, they're Correct. hitting the target 25% of the time in the heat of the and moment. And that's law enforcement like said, officers who train for these eventualities. Right, right. You and I are not- That's not in the middle of the night being woken up either. Right, exactly. Correct. Exactly. All kinds of circumstance, going in your, your van or your car for something and someone coming up behind you or whatever the case may be. All different things where you're not mentally or otherwise prepared where a police officer is very different. They're going out on the job, you know, almost right. prepared for it, you know, very different. Yes. I mean, they still have to react, but yes, almost prepared for it. When I'm woken up at right. three in the morning and my brain is foggy, um, I can't say that I'm going in like a police officer who has his hand on his firearm and he's, you know, ready to take action if needed. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk to a cop. Um, I talked to an officer uh, from Milford, actually, um, about a year ago, and we were talking about uh, a, a police shooting, and people were outraged because the cops shot, I won't say, four or five times. And everyone says, why didn't you just shoot once? 
And he was saying that when you're under pressure, when you're under stress, you actually fire more times than you realize. And by the time you realize that the threat has been stopped, you already fired two or three more shots. You know, uh, so not only do you have that aspect, which will drain your magazine capacity real fast. Um, you also have the fact you have to hit the individual and under stress, you have a less likely chance of hitting them. And you have to hit them in an anatomically correct or significant spot because you can hit a person four or five, six times. If you haven't hit them in an area that incapacitates them, mm. they will keep coming after you. So there's so many variables that have person. to meet. Yes. And they as have adrenaline coursing through them as well. So they're not exactly. feeling the effects of the rounds that are hitting them. So you have so many things that are actually against you. You know, um, you have to be focused. You have to have the proper training. You have to hit them with each shot. You have to hit them in an anatomically, anatomically significant spot. Mm -hmm. There's just so much there that the average individual, you will end up running through a magazine before you know it. You know, and the more you restrict capacity, it's the less likely that person, you know, um, has a defending himself and you're always having to defend yourself. It's not like you've seen the criminal, you engage them. They're most likely, they're catching you. They have to drop on you, you know, so you're yeah. operating from the defensive. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, and when, um, if, if you're operating from the defensive, that means that you are being reactive. And if you are being reactive, your, your time is slower. In fact, they did a study of um, college students and trained law enforcement officers. And all they had to do was pull the firearm, get a shot off on target, right? So the, the college students could just pull it, get a shot off as, as quickly as they could. And I believe it was about three quarters of a second that you know, the time, their time on target. And the police officers um, were able to shoot. They, they were already poised, ready to shoot. As soon as the light went off, they could mm -hmm. shoot. So the, the college students are pulling, say, say pulling a firearm from a hoodie, you know, pulling out of concealment to fire, and they're able to do it in under a second. The trained law enforcement officers who are reacting mm -hmm. to the threat, mm -hmm. it takes them something like 1.2 seconds. It right. takes them longer than a second yep. because yeah. they're not being proactive. They're in that reactive mm -hmm. situation. So that's what happens to us. If we're talking self-defense, it actually takes longer because your brain has to process, yep. okay, there's a threat. Okay, what am I going to do with that threat? This is how I'm going to handle it. Is it, a, is it a deadly threat? Is it a... For, is it a threat that that requires deadly force or or can i escape through the back door of my house because i don't need to engage this threat right we we um we took the kids to the franklin institute a couple of years ago and there was a um an exhibit a like um activity type thing that like was mm -hmm. testing your brain speed to react to something so like as soon as you saw this or heard a sound you hit the button and it would tell you how fast. And as soon as you start explaining that, I was like, oh no, they're not gonna be faster in a second. We couldn't get faster in a second. It just, it took a certain amount of time. And yeah. it, that actually answered a question I had in the back of my mind. I was, I was gonna um, bring it up earlier that, you know, I've seen these uh, one recently um, where a woman who had been stopped ended up in a shootout and, you know, shot a police officer and then, and then took off. And I watched the, the police officer. I'm like, I'm always asking myself, why didn't you shoot, bro? Like you took way too long, but that actually is a reasonable answer uh, other than, you know, something else, whatever it could be is that no, he had to take time to react. He actually had to think about I'm getting shot. What am I going to do? 
Um, and yeah, but I was like, man, you just sat there and let her shoot you, you know, it's unfortunate, but that makes sense. It takes longer yeah. to react. Mm -hmm. The only so, thing I want to say about this is another reason why it's so dangerous that they have these limits is because these limits are just this year. So once this passes <laughs> next year, it's going to be 10 round magazine. Right. See? So that's also why, no, <laughs> leave, leave our rights alone. <laughs> Completely leave us alone. Um, so I do want to ask, right. You know, we mentioned how, you know, people just, it's an uphill battle and there's nothing you can do. Um, I do want to ask you guys, as far as your, your thoughts or advice, as far as what can be done, you know, what should people do that don't agree with this? They might not be gun nuts or enthusiasts, but mm -hmm. they, you know, I, I kind of have the position that you can act like you don't like guns all you want, but the fact that we have the second amendment and that gun owners exist are the reason why you have a comfortable life in the United States that you have. Mm -hmm. If that did not exist from the beginning or today, that you, it wouldn't exist. It just wouldn't. So um, if people want to, you know, kind of fight against this or, you know, support you guys, um, what's the move? You know, what can be done? Well, definitely you can find us and I'll let you give all the information. But the best thing that everybody can do right now is find out, look up who their representative is, because this bill, these bills are going to the House next. Um, and so they, it's their representatives, forget your senators, they've already passed this bill. Your only hope now is the house. And, and email them. I think we lost. Are, Just are, are saying, I oppose, if all you write is I oppose early, that's it. Yeah, and that's why I kept interrupting you guys too. My internet's unstable and I didn't know I was interrupting you until I already was. Sorry. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you go ahead and explain okay. that since you can't hear um, me. So it's really important. So the Senate has already voted on Senate Bill 3 and Senate Bill 6. It has passed the Senate. So right now the only thing, the only hope that we have of preventing these bills from being passed into law is to be able to reach the members of the House of Representatives. So you can go to, I believe it's Legis. L-E-G-I-S dot Delaware dot gov. And there you can find a list of all of the senators and, um, and uh, the representatives for the state of Delaware. Again, that's L-E-G-I-S dot Delaware dot gov. So to write your representatives, look for the House of Representatives because that's the really um, important part right now is to just contact them and um, urge them to vote no. If you have a story to share, share your stories. I'm not sure if they're listening or not, but um, that was my I'm never going to give up trying. So, so uh, the other thing that you can do if you're interested in um, in what we're doing with the Women's Defense Coalition of Delaware, you can find us on Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram as at WDC of Delaware. So that's at WDC of Delaware for both uh, Facebook and Instagram. And that's a public page. And so you can just like that public page. And um, if you're interested, um, there's some other ways you can just reach out to us and we'd be happy to uh, share other ways that you can get involved. But you can reach out to us on that page. Okay. Um, I do have a question. Um... It, how about um, we get a couple of the, the comments? Um, just I don't want to 
neglect them too long, I guess. But um, we got some comments and uh, some questions that maybe we can ask. But uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to actually ask your guys' opinions on, I think the House bill is related to ghost kits. 125. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. to get your guys' opinion, so don't let me don't let me forget. But let me read a couple. Um, we got a finally, finally. Hey, um, one says I'm personally scared of guns due to a traumatic experience. Crying emoji. Do I have to uh, say the emoji? Do I have to? Sorry. So um, the question again was that they're scared of guns due to a yeah, traumatic just experience. A, a traumatic experience but they do own swords so one thing that i've had the opportunity is you know i've had the opportunity to work with people that do have fear you know and some people actually want to conquer that fear there you see them and they're they're trying to shoot and they're literally shaking and they have tears streaming down their face and um you know, nobody has to ever pick up a gun. <laughs> this is not about that. This is not about forcing everybody that the way you're going to defend yourself is with a gun. It's the only way to defend yourself. You know, there's there's a lot of different um, routes to go and there's a lot of non-lethal options too uh, if you're trying to defend yourself. You know, the gun is only necessary if, if deadly force is, is merited. That, and you don't have to support the second, you don't have to own a gun in order to support the second amendment just to preserve it. So it's always an option. And anyone who's afraid of a gun, um, I am really sorry to hear that it was about a traumatic experience. Um, and whoever that is that wrote that, if they want to message us, we can link them up with someone who could help them overcome that if they want to. But um, I would like to say, even without a traumatic experience, a lot of people are afraid of guns. I know I was at first and I, I believe that that's a healthy fear. I believe that I respected the tool, the gun itself. And once you become familiar and you have a, you know, and you, you learn more with it, that fear is now gone. That respect still remains, but that fear is gone. So I definitely encourage anyone who has a fear of guns, if they want to push through it, message us and we will hook you up, whether it's all women, men, whatever it is, young, Mm -hmm. old, we can find the right fit for anyone across the state. Absolutely. Um, Another comment. Uh, This is completely absurd. (laughs) I really, uh, excuse me, I am really upset with this legislation being rammed through without proper representation of the people. Um, Yes. Uh, let's see another one. I think it is both this. I think this was earlier to uh, uh, T's initial point. Um, I think it's both intent and effect of the policies. Knowing the historicity of gun re- re- restrictions slash bans, those in power know full fully well what they are doing to keep a society vulnerable. Um, that sounds like an informed individual right there. Sounds like an informed. Sure does. It sounds like somebody who knows that gun control measures have historically um, been targeted at the African-American population. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I was, I was just talking to someone earlier about this bill and I said, you know, we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff and, and I kind of joked, I'm a former conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so um, I still believe there are some conspiracies that are nefarious. And um, but those that are but as far as the theories that go into it, I try to stay away from uh, theorizing 
what their plans or intentions may be. Anything I can't document that well, I try to stay away from and just say, ah, it's possible. I think this. Had. But nonetheless, I said, when it comes to, to the gun issue, it's hard, um, not just the racial part, but the, um, uh, the history of nations, uh, namely uh, those that go tyrannical. Um, <laughs> we had a similar conversation, Kim, with, with, with Steve, you know, yep. about the, the, the precursors to tyranny. Um, but one of them tends to be gun control, <laughs> you know, gun safety and gun control all. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole and, and, you know, get people all scared, you know, but when you know that history, it's hard to ignore that, you know. Well, tyranny Absolutely. is as much a threat now as it was in the 18 and 1700s. And quite frankly, trying to take our guns. I will say this, anyone who thinks that every state, including ours, does not have a militia is wrong. Of course we do, especially after the things that went down this past spring. So, um, you know, we, we take things very seriously. History does repeat itself. It was not too, too long ago um, where bad things happened when people were, when the government took people's way, uh, ability to defend themselves and you know, I, I, I can't remember how, how much it was. I believe Sam was telling me about, I think, was Silver War, Revolutionary War. It was just 3% of the population, I believe. Please correct me if I'm wrong. So people who think it's going to take all this big uprising from a certain state or a certain country or, or our country, they're wrong. It's actually a very small percentage of people that if they say we're not taking this, right. no, you're not going to take our rights, then, you know... Then that's not a threat. I'm not saying this or that. I'm just saying, if you want to start a civil war, keep coming at our rights because people have had enough. People have been pushed to their brink, especially after this year. I say leave I well heard, enough alone. I think I heard uh, um, Lawson had uh, dealt out his fair share of uh, smoke in the uh, Senate hearing, but I think he referenced that. Um, I, I didn't hear it for myself, but he referenced like, look, like basically you're gonna you're gonna wake a sleeping giant, you know. Don't poke the bear. Don't you know? Don't start. Don't do this, you know. But um, unfortunately, it probably just comes off as an idle threat and just something. It's true. And meanwhile, I just do want to say I, I'm not a part of anything like that. I don't. I'm not a member of a militia or anything, you know. No, uh, I'm not I either. Couldn't, not I couldn't suppose what these people think, but I know many of them. I've seen. I've seen I've seen on the news um, them you know cover you know a local militia somewhere not local news but you know uh, in another state and these people they're not planning a revolution they're just no. you know training regularly how to take uh, uh, um, take control of a situation in their local area to protect their neighborhood if something were to go down whether it's you know a foreign threat mm -hmm. or you know foreign domestic whatever um, but they're literally telling the news that we're not planning on a revolution. We're just training that if we're ever put in a situation, we can respond and, and protect everyone, you know? Uh, so it's not Absolutely. a bad word, you know? I mean, I, I know, I now know, you know, the last few years as I've gotten um, involved in, in training, um, I know a lot of folks that are responsible gun owners and I don't know a single one that is plotting for a revolution. Right. But I do know some that are saying, no, um, no, they're not going to, you know, be able to come and take away our ability to defend ourselves and protect, 
the ones that we love and protect our homes. That's that's not something that I'm willing to comply with. Yeah. Although they they don't say it quite as nicely as I do. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm glad you're the nice one. <laughs> we got the nice one. With I told you, she's the nice, polite, and eloquent one. We got a you need to be the person we put up front all gift. the time. <laughs> he has a gift. T does not. <laughs> So, appreciate that TV, i'm with you man yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no filter rough around yeah. the edges yeah, yeah you want to say you know something what? we're up, all so me. different and we have such different backgrounds and yet we've all found this this thing in common mm -hmm. that really unites us in purpose what yeah. keith <laughs> <laughs> um I was going to add, you know, for, for virtue, for noble and virtuous reasons, you know, for a virtuous cause, you know, protecting family, you know, community and, and such. But um, another, another good point made in the comments, you know, um, I think it's uh, in reference to SB3. Uh, it's the availability as well. So many training instructors are backlogged with classes. It just adds more time until a person needs to get their permit. Mm. So... That's right. It's, yeah. I mean, we had a similar problem with with uh, you know firearm and, and ammo sales um, being you know places being uh, not having stock, um, not being open you know initially. Um, uh, it was it was a yeah, high demand that's also going to be out raising costs. Right, right, and so. you know a lot of um, some of the firearms instructors that I'm acquainted with who offer more advanced training, they've been so inundated with. Um, with folks just starting out in in the realm of gun ownership, or maybe folks who have who shot a long time ago and are now interested, because they're they're a little scared, they're they're a little um, cautious, and they want to be able to prepare themselves or to defend themselves. And some of the more advanced kinds of training aren't available as readily because they're so inundated with uh, you know concealed carry classes. Um, just first-time shooters, you know, people that are just interested in starting out now. Right. And something to keep in mind is there's time limits on things. So you have to get this training done in a certain amount of time that you get your fingerprints done. Or then you got to, otherwise you're going to have to start the process all over again. But I do wonder one thing, and some guy brought this up in the Senate hearing, committee hearing, and I never thought about this. And I feel silly for never thinking of this. I feel like an idiot almost. So here's the thing. They say you have to get training before you can get a permit to buy a gun if you can't get a gun until you get the training. So which comes first, the training or the gun? How am I supposed to get my training and turn it in to get my permit if I don't have a gun to train with. Are you supposed Absolutely. to buy a gun and train with it? Like that's where they're gonna start. That makes sense. Um, I'm frozen guns. again. I can't hear you guys. I'm sorry. They're gonna start renting out guns to comp to uh, account for that. Oh, we're gonna um, rent government guns now. In certain places, they actually um they allow you to rent guns, but that's just more of a cost, you know. Um, if I don't want to take my gun out and I can go there and get a gun that's a replica of mine, then cool, let me have the option to do that. But if I can't get a gun until after my training, how am I else? How am I supposed to get the training without renting a gun or without coming without getting one illegally and then hoping that I can pass by until I have the permit? 
And of course, it's always more helpful and um, safer in the long run if you can train with the gun that you actually intend to shoot. Exactly. Okay. They're all different. Yeah. But you would have to know that, you know, to know that, you know, so. Right. Again, another example of lawmakers not being that familiar with things that they're making policies on. Um, right. I mean, I've, I've, I've invited a lawmaker to join me at the gun range. I haven't heard back yet, but uh, the offer is still open. And, you know, the reality is, is if you, if you have never tried it and don't know, it can just be enjoyable as sport, whether you choose to use it as a route for self-defense or not. You know, at one point in time, I felt, you know, I said I never wanted to touch a gun. Guns kill people. I didn't ever want that on my hands. And um, now I realize it's not guns that kill people. A gun is just a tool in someone's hand and it's how they choose to use it. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, I've, I've come to um, decide that I, I want to be able to, to defend myself and defend my children. Yep. Mm -hmm. So an another question was And you was should asked. have that right. Uninhibited. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I, God gave me that right. The United States government acknowledged that Delaware constitution affirmed it. And so for somebody to try and make me have to pay to exercise that right, then now they've suddenly made it a privilege rather than a right. Yep. What, what does shall not be infringed mean? I mean, that's obviously we have different, you know, I was just talking to, to someone about that. It's like, well, we can, we can play, um, you know, word games or what have you where, oh no, well, you can still get them, you know. But you have to jump through all these hoops, pay this fee, wait this time. Hopefully, you have to deal with the infringements in, in a situation, you know, by then. But, but yeah, but you know, it's not in, not infringed at all. You can still get access to it. Infringe is to act so as to limit or undermine. Mm -hmm. To act so as to limit. Isn't that what we're doing? We're putting limits mm -hmm. on something that shall not be infringed. And we call it safety, mm -hmm. public safety. Yeah. They are they are good with the PR spin. They're just calling. <laughs> right. Um, so good question. Um, how does this how how does any of this um affect people that already own the gun aren't planning on buying? And I guess it'd be maybe for SB6 more so than three. Magazine you know, there's certainly that the, the impact on the magazine limits. There's also um so it's, it's not just saying that, that you can't buy those magazines, which is what some states have done. Some states have put limits on whether or not you can purchase them. This is actually saying you cannot have it in your possession. So if you do, you're a criminal. So if you already yeah. own a magazine that is greater, that holds greater than 17 rounds, then you must sell it to the government. Who's going to buy it back? Not at cost, not at value, but, but far <laughs> under value. And um, the other thing is, you know, there was a time when I, you know, my firearm needed to be repaired. I had to send it off for repair. So maybe I said, I, I'm a one gun person. I don't, I don't need any more than one gun. So this doesn't affect me until all of a sudden my situation changes. Mm -hmm. I had to send the gun off for repair and that left me without a gun. So what am I going to do in that situation? But even with um, SB3, if I, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I thought that every person would still have to have the permit. 
So if you bought the license or if you bought the gun at a time only we can legally buy it. a new gun. Okay. No, it's it's only to purchase a new gun. And they're saying that they'll honor those who have a concealed carry permit already, but not really because they still have to apply for the permit. So they don't have to go take the course, but they'll still have to apply for the permit. And you made a really good point, Deborah, about just because you already own a gun. So I own a gun. I bought a gun over the summer, um, a handgun. And because it was slim pickings, it's hard for me to rack it back. And so like, I want to get more, well, I want to get more guns anyways, but I, so I have to like, if this bill passes, now I'm going to have to go and pay the $500. Well, I actually already took a course, but I'm still going to have to pay to, you know, get the fingerprinting done. I'm still gonna have to let my name go on a list. How is that fair? Like, why are our names going on lists? They're creating registries. People yep. don't understand there's not a registry right now. There is no gun registry. Just because you buy a gun and you do a NICS federal background check, it doesn't put your name on a list. This new policy that Delaware's trying to pass, it does put your name on a list. Why does anyone need to have, know what gun, guns I own? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yep, absolutely. It's a hot mess right now. Sorry, I'm looking looking through the comments. Um, Do you want me to talk about ghost guns so you don't forget? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So ghost, the ghost gun bill. So basically, a ghost scary. gun is... It's, that it's scary. It, it sounds <laughs> very scary. I should it sounds be like some big bazooka. 80%, right. <laughs> 80%, but an 80% built gun. And so it's mostly hobbyists that know how to do this and it's an expensive hobby. Um, and they're afraid that these guns are gonna be used in crimes. As a matter of fact, the Moms Demand Action lady said that she, her reasoning behind supporting banning not all the way put together guns is because teenagers in high school might be able to figure out how to do it. And if they figure out how they might be able to commit crimes. So these are all potential situations that have never happened in Delaware. And that's why we need to just ban everything. But yeah, these aren't even put together all the way guns. Right, you have and to, you don't even have to have know that like, I don't, I don't know how to, I know how to take my gun apart for cleaning, but I don't know how to assemble a gun from scratch because that's, that's something that hobbyists, that people that enjoy that. Yeah. And there are many folks that, that really do enjoy that, but they do it as a way of life, not as a way to get around the government. No, it's it's mostly criminals, right? <laughs> it's all criminals. I all don't know. People I shoot with are not criminals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, I have a different stance on it. Um, slightly uh -huh. different. Um, I just, I feel like since America's been America, you've had the right to keep and bear them. Um, and people have made guns from the beginning. So I really, I personally, wouldn't care if you're a hobbyist. I wouldn't care if it was something that you made so that um, at the end of the day, you had nothing, quote, tied to your name. Um, because you, you, some people do feel like the next check and all that is putting their name on a registry, though I don't think it is. But regardless of your reasoning, mm -hmm. I think you should have the right to manufacture your own weapon. You know, it's already against the law to manufacture it and sell it. So what, what will banning quote, ghost guns, what effect will it really have um, that the legality or lack thereof of manufacturing and selling doesn't already have, you know? 
But all that aside, I think that a person should have the right to manufacture their own weapons. You know, um, a person can make a knife in their own home and it not be illegal. You know, so at this point, I don't think that we should point to a, a boogeyman that, that isn't there and say, well, people may do this, they may do that, or um, try to point to commonality, which is something they do often. Um, they try to point to how common a weapon is to say whether it should be legal, you know. Um, but if a person has the ability to make and has the desire to make the 80% lower into a fully functioning firearm, then they should be allowed to do so because the, my right should not be infringed simply because the plastic doesn't have a serial number on it. Yeah, not I, only I, that, I, people who want to commit crimes aren't going to say, let me go build a gun yeah. first so I can use yeah, it. Yeah, they nope. normally steal them. You know, they're either stolen or like I've, I've, I've talked to Keith about it um, off air, but um, there was a while ago, I ran into a guy who had a bag full of guns. They were all legal, all serialized, and he was selling them on the street. So you can't say, well, because it's ghost guns, it makes it easier for people to get. It takes so long for people to get them. They have to order them, have to wait for them to be delivered, they have to put them together. So it's not like you just it, they pop up in your home. And 45 minutes later, you have a, a ghost gun. You know, you think about it, it pops up, and then you have one. No, you have to order, you have to wait for it, then manufacture it. It's a lot easier, a lot easier and quicker to go on the street and have mm -hmm. something fully functioning, serialized and all that, you know. Um, so it's, I don't I think it's a lot of, I won't say misdirection, but um, a lot of misrepresenting, you know, and a lot of using boogeymen mm -hmm. that aren't there, a lot of using... Um, crimes that haven't yet happened like the 70 year old that could get the gun that may do this this and that i don't care about all that i want to know what's happening right now and how can i defend myself from the things that are happening right now yep. sounds like a sci-fi movie didn't i see that a few years back minority report tom cruise yeah. they were arrested man listen um it's it's one of the comments uh here we go okay the end game ban all guns, knives, baseball bats, slapping, any form of self-defense, shaking my head. And I said, and my response was, and then thought crime. <laughs> I swear, this was a few minutes ago, you know, earlier. Yeah. And then thought crime. I mean, that's what it gets to. That's, that's, man. You know, a gun is a tool. I don't even use the word weapon because when nope. I'm taking yeah. it to the shooting range and just throwing some lead down range, it's not a weapon. It's, it's a tool. It's, you know, it, it gives me the ability to, you know, practice shooting at a target, uh, things like that. Now, I'm telling tales out of school, but once upon <laughs> a time, I knew, I knew a kid. He might have been in my household. And when he was six, there was a kid in his class that was bugging him. And he kept kept poking at him and the teacher wasn't doing anything. And my son wasn't, oops, I let it slip. He wasn't, you know, <laughs> comfortable speaking up. And so his buddy gave him a pencil. And you know what he did? He took that pencil and he jammed it right there in between his eyes. Now I am so glad it landed on the bridge of his nose because, um, you know, that was my son that did that. However, that was just a tool. It became a weapon in his hand because he chose to use it that way. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, guns are a little different from pencils. Guns have a lethal quality to them that, that pencils do not. 
But at the end of the day, you can use them for hunting. You can use them for self-defense. You can use them for recreation. And all of these are guaranteed mm -hmm. us under our Delaware constitution. I think it, it points to, the, to um, not, not only, <laughs> not only are there plenty of other things that you can either hurt yourself or hurt others with, and it just opens up the door for, look, well, we had to do it with guns. Now we have to do it with knives. Now we have to do it with bats or, you know, but the same sediment is, you know, it's like giving uh, authority or power to government. They never give it back. Making one allowance <laughs> turns into another, turns into another. To the oh, you wanted that back? Right. <laughs> you wanted those back? <laughs> yeah. Not we just passed the one year, uh, one year mark for the two weeks, you know, <laughs> two week lockdown, you know. Um, Come on, man. In 10 yeah. seconds after starting it, everyone, every outlet, every media, everyone was saying new normal, new normal Ugh. from the gate. That just, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> this is, this is too that phrase. To that, you know, but anyway, so um, comment. Uh, Senator Kyle Evans Gay says we are using women as props oh, yeah. rather than acknowledging only. 3% of women will make it through their lives without experiencing sexual violence. Um, you mean how liberals tend to prop up minorities? You mean like that kind of using props and pandering is, you know? Well, you know, what amazes oh, me what? is, you know, so I'm, I'm a survivor of domestic abuse. And for me, um, my journey in, in gun ownership and learning to operate a gun and safely, effectively has just, helped me in tremendous ways. And one of the ways it's helped me is in finding my voice and my ability to advocate for myself and knowing that I am worth defending, my children are worth defending, and I have the skills, I can develop the skills to be able to protect the ones that I love. And Kyle Evans Gay saying that we're using women as props. Are you trying to imply that we women can't think for ourselves? that just because women are rising up, that women are exercising their voice. We have, we are the largest um, growing demographic in gun ownership. Well, of course women have something to say about somebody wanting to take away our second amendment rights. So don't tell me that women are props, not when as, as a fellow woman, we're supposed to back each other up not put each other down, not imply that, that we don't have a brain of our own to be able to use and decide, you know what, this is wrong and I'm going to take a stand against it. I would just like to add to that, that Senator Kyle Evans Gay, if she for just a second would listen to women who do support the Second Amendment, she has, she's a member of Moms Demand Action herself. She has a surrounded herself with only women who oppose gun rights, who want strict gun control. And just because she's put herself in that bubble does not mean that there's a whole nother piece to this, that, that just as many women, if not more moms, we're not demanding action. We take action and we want to keep our gun rights and we are not props. So don't speak for us again like that, please. And, you know, I think if people start listening to each other, Kim and I first met because she spoke on an issue and we weren't necessarily on the same side of the issue, but nope. we could respect each other and listen to each other. And that's what I loved about her right from the start. 
you know, we've lost the ability for civil discourse in our nation. We've lost the ability to just talk and listen and hear that, okay, maybe we're all about the same thing, you know, reducing gun violence, but maybe we have different approaches and, um, you know, take the time to listen. The first night I ever met Deborah, I had showed up to a well-armed woman chapter up north, and I was there to talk about SB79, which would have allowed gun rights back to medical marijuana patients. And um, the ladies let me shoot that night, which I wasn't expecting. It was my first time shooting in years, and it was just the best experience. And Deborah didn't really talk to me the whole time. Um, she, we were doing our own thing, and um, she came up to me before she left. And, and I will never forget this. It left such an impression on me. You introduced yourself to me and you said, just so kindly too, the way you always are. And you said, um, until tonight, and I still might be, but I was against any medical marijuana, or you said in so many words, anyone who uses cannabis also being associated with guns. And she just said to me, you've made me question that you've made me think more about that and she didn't reject me or what I was saying yeah I, I believe I said you know I'm not sure that and I agree with you but I'm listening to what you have to, to say another I appreciated that so much that meant the world to me and I wish women like Senator Kyle Evans Gay would also listen to what other women have to say that she doesn't agree with especially being a lawmaker I feel like it's not fair that the only women in Delaware that until recently were given a platform were those who were against gun rights. And we had to fight tooth and nail for our platform. And Absolutely. it's not right because as fellow women, they should be, these female legislators should also be listening to us because what we have to say is important and it affects all of us. It affects their daughters and their mothers and their sisters and their aunts and their friends too. Right. Um, well, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to mansplain, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting position to hold um, that or statement to make that they're using women as props, considering that, you know, one of the most tense um, or worst cases that a cop could get called to is domestic violence. Um, so you want to leave women unarmed in a situation to where they could be, to where even cops are more likely to to have a um a negative interaction. You know, you want to leave them in these situations defenseless. You want to leave them in in areas where you're not considering the fact that women are by and large vulnerable. You know, not to say that they are they are weak, um, but they are they are they're weaker than a man, you know, for all intents and purposes. There's, bio, there's and, biological differences. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. And you, you want to ignore that um, and minimize the equality that a gun offers, you know, um, mm -hmm. the, the yeah. safety that a gun offers, the balance that a gun offers, you know, and it's, I think, I think it's a lack of perspective taking. Um, because you can't say that and also have truly considered, you know, the, the, these points. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, I believe it was um, Aaron. I, I'm not sure how to say her last name. Chronister. Yes. She, yeah. Um, but she was actually the one that commented the uh, senator's uh, quote. But she also pointed out that, you know, uh, 
Delaware legislature loves to um, uh, likes to use statistics for gun violence, but they omit the CDC's uh, statement that firearms are used, I think it's 60,000 times to 2.5 million times defensively every year. And then says later, you know, exactly, uh, Deborah, and they, they claim to care, but won't even return our phone calls or our emails. Hundreds of women emailed and called crickets. They're thoughtfully thinking of a, a response. They're trying to to prayerfully right. consider their response. <laughs> yeah. He's funnier than me. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even get a response from, you know, my own representative until, you know, something came out on social media. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't share a, a canned message. I shared a message from my heart. And I just want to know that my state legislators are willing to listen and hear my heart. So that you guys would probably have more uh, experience or knowledge of this than I, I personally do. And uh, I don't care to, but um, that leads me you know, to a question I had, which is, um, I don't even know how to ask it, but are these people real people? You know, do they, do they mean, are they genuine? Do they mean, do they, they, do they hold, do they genuinely hold these convictions for the policies that they pass? Do they believe the bull, <laughs> you know, that they <laughs> present as real um, helpful uh, progress? Do you think yes or no? <laughs> I can't begin to determine what somebody else thinks. I don't know if I'm interrupting anyone because my, my screen is frozen, but I would like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I, no, right, ahead. I'll take that. I think I, I'm sorry. I'm having internet issues. I think um, some of them, I think, look, they're human beings. I think uh, some start out well-intended and get lost in the sauce. I think some start out well-intended and stay well-intended. I think some are brainwashed. And they're stuck in that bubble where they're yes to everything and everyone laughs at all their jokes, even though they're not funny. And I think that they live in this world where they're spoon fed information and they're some of the new guys I feel like are being used as puppets. That's my personal opinion. That's what I'm seeing. Um, the more experienced, the veteran legislators are telling them what to think and do. And that's just what I'm seeing. Um, but I could be wrong because I'm not inside their brains. I think humans are capable, you know, some of them, I think they believe the things that they're saying. I think they're brainwashed into thinking they're going to make a safer Delaware. But the fact that they're not listening to otherwise, if, if, if a legislator, if a lawmaker cannot consider all sides of something, then they're a danger to society, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're merely an activist. Right. They're merely an activist. Yeah. And I think it's important if, if you're a legislator, I certainly want to see that you have passion. You know, that's, I want somebody that's going to fight for, fight for Delawareans, fight for us, and that you're going to do so with passion, not with just, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, that's not somebody that I want there. Um, so giving people the benefit of the, of the doubt, mm -hmm. let's, let's say that many are well-intentioned. I don't know that, but I'm certainly, you know, I didn't want, I didn't like hearing the fact that women were called props. So I'm not going to, you know, pass judgment yeah. on somebody else's motivation. But I do say if if your real intent is for the good of the people and you have this many emails 
against. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, this many emails for the bills and this many emails against the bills. Well, who are you really listening to? I was going to say, you know, passion's good. Um, And yeah, you want them to be passionate about being a representative of the people's voice. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. just passionate, like T said, as an activist, passionate about a particular side or cause or issue. Um, you should only be like you're, I, I don't even, I don't want to say puppet, but you know, you're, you're a representative, you're delegated, you know, to do this job on behalf of the voices that are telling you what they support and don't support. So when it's stacked the opposite way, you're, yeah, you're, you're the opposite of that. I'll, I'll just be nice and just say you're the opposite of that, you know. They're self-serving. They shouldn't be self-serving. It's about the people that you represent. You represent them. You work for them. You're supposed to be there to stand up for them when they need you. (laughs) You're not there to push your own agenda or what your friends, you know, in the seat next to you in that chamber are pushing. And I feel like they've gotten lost. I feel like that that's just been lost. And, you know, sometimes you might start out very passionate for one cause, but then you get new information or you consider something Mm -hmm. in a different way than you ever had before. Like, you know, I'm still dialoguing with Kim, (laughs) you know, because I think what it takes when you when you argue with passion for something, you fight with passion for something. It doesn't mean that you become closed minded and stop listening. Yep. Dialectic, ready and willing to. I wish the legislators would would remember it's okay to change your opinion and your stance based on new information. Yes, absolutely. But if they're not willing to receive things, it's going in one ear out the other. What's the point? At this point, they're just going to do what they want to do. Now, there are a few that we still have faith in, and that's why we haven't given up. I mean, you can't give up anyways. I mean, I think it takes a but strong it's person. It's a little frustrating to, when you're presenting them with facts and statistics and information and they're just disregarding it. Yeah, I think it takes a strong person um, to realize, you know, a person with a lot of backbone to realize, you know what? I always thought that this was the right thing to do, but I'd never considered this before. Um, Aaron comments, uh, listen to how each rep and senator for the gun control phrased it. It's to uh, quotations. It's to keep guns out of the hands of those that shouldn't have them. They did not say, quote, to keep guns from criminals. Less guns, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's what the evidence plays out. That yeah. is their goal. Yeah. I mean, because they're not they're not enacting, they're not getting tough on crime. (laughs) If we're all about, you know, keeping guns out of the hands of criminals, then let's get tough on crime. Yep. I've heard that. We don't need to create new laws that affect the, the, those who follow the law. If if we're really trying to affect criminals. I've heard that it's, it's, um, it's exactly what you just said. It's, it's soft AGs you know, letting people walk constantly that have actually committed crimes that you, you know, you're making new laws, but you don't enforce the ones you have and don't convict the people, you know, that actually have broken laws, you know, committing violence with guns, you know, um, 
and of course we saw plenty of that over the summer with you know people committing crime yeah. um vandalism and, and attacks and things and one after the the other walks right um, and it affected many parts of me. our little state too um, i'm sorry what was that it, it affected many parts of our little state too yeah mm -hmm. yep yeah okay mm -hmm. well um anything else you know i don't want to what's happening is what i've been told is people get oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to say part of the problem why it's not getting um, what's happening is why these people aren't getting charged is because they're pleading the gun charges down. They're saying, OK, you got arrested for these five things. We're going to plead these three down. And then they just get out and they get arrested for the other things again and again and again. For whatever reason. Yeah. And none of this had I'm anything sorry. to do with the average Joe, you know, gun owner. Right, right. And like the, um, you know, the, the shooting that took place just a month and a couple of days ago in Dover. And four people were shot. And this is somebody who's a person prohibited from possessing a firearm and no, 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 I don't no. know a lot about this, but bail was set at like $4,000. What's that? I said, no, no, that didn't happen. The laws, they stopped all that. They made a law <laughs> says you can't get a gun. The guy didn't get a gun and he didn't shoot anyone because there's a law for it. Yeah. Right, because laws are going to prevent it. Only, only following the laws and enforcing the laws will help. <laughs> Sorry. Right. And until we figure that out, we're just going to keep throwing money and, you right. know, trying to create more laws and um, overburdening the taxpayer with the costs of, you know, enacting these laws, but it's still not addressing the fact that criminals are allowed to walk free. Gun toting criminals are allowed to walk free. Well, um, well, I don't want to keep you uh, or anyone else uh, too long, but um, was there was there anything else that we didn't touch that you wanted to touch tonight that um, you want to throw in before we before we conclude? I would just like to say um, again, even if you don't own a gun, the Second Amendment is so important to support. And please do send those emails to your representatives. I know a lot of people hear that and they're like, I don't know what a representative is exactly because I didn't either. Like, what's the difference between a representative and a senator? Look us up. Women's, Women's Defense Coalition, find us. If you tell us your address, if you message us, we'll tell you exactly who your representative is. The only way to stop this is to email them. And as Deborah said, tell them your story. Tell them why you're opposed. Make your voice heard. We need that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want to support uh, what we're doing, you can go to um, at DW, I'm sorry, let me restate that at WDC, that stands for Women's Defense Coalition at WDC of Delaware on either Facebook or Instagram, and you can find uh, more about us there. Okay. Well, this was fun. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Sorry. Um, T Tina, we appreciate you letting us talk about this. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm letting you. I mean, it's, you know, I, I appreciate you guys <laughs> making time because 
you know, to be honest, I, I can I can kind of read or skim an article or a bill just like anyone else, but um, I know you guys know a little bit of a not circumstantial. I'm trying to find the word, but you know, like what's going on? You know, what's what's really going on here? Um, Boots and, on the ground. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a value to me, uh, to us. Um, to have your input as well. Cause I know you guys are, you tend to be, especially, you know, Kim, I've talked to you a few times, you're privy to a little bit more information than say what's in the news article. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I, I want to be informed. So, um, and this is uh, honestly a shame, you know, I, I'm hoping uh, being the optimist, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a realist and I don't believe it, but I'm hoping that someone out of those 13, 13 to eight vote that, that there's, a couple of those 13 people actually believe this had merit and actually was, were, was trying to do something good um, and just was ill-informed. And I'm hoping those people can be reasonable, critical thinkers and be reached by yeah. ladies like yourself. So, um, yeah. I pray that's the case. And gun, I mean, um, I don't know how simple it is, but um, a bill that's, that's voted to be enacted can be voted to be repealed or reformed or changed correct it can be we'd rather stop it before it ever right, becomes right. law <laughs> and, but in Absolutely. this case it would it would take a lawsuit which is a lot of money it'd be yeah okay. did i talk over you again i'm so sorry it, my internet's terrible interrupting. <laughs> i don't mean to it's, it's i don't fine. know i know i know i'm just messing, messing around it's fine yeah um yeah, definitely stop it before it happens stop it stop the bill that is before it right. happens um if possible um so yeah anyone that has questions like they say either reach out to them comment below or whatever if you um want your voice to be heard you know and and want to know how to do that and are having trouble um whether it's them or us i mean we'll we'll figure out how to point you in the right direction um but you know just reach out T, you should come shooting with us sometime. Keith, you Sounds can good to me. I don't know if you're an enthusiast, enthusiast like T is. T, you should. Not like T is. <laughs> I'm going to get your information and send you the next time we're down at the range because we're always down your way. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I, I like, I, I'm an enthusiast, I, you know, but I'm not like him. And so. I like <laughs> Like, you know different guns and different features but not to that extent so um yeah yeah but he he's definitely your guy uh and i'll, I'll leave it at that i'm end up putting all kinds of information out there <laughs> uh, he, he does this he goes over here you know uh he'll build you a ghost kit if you want one now <laughs> who had a fez at my door right right exactly on the street we're gonna have straw purchase ghost kits right. Right. Well, he, he's the one that said he just walks past a guy on the street with a bag of guns. You know, I, I don't know what street he's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're the one <laughs> yeah, that knows right. the guy with the bag of guns. Right. Bag of guns. Sheesh. But no, we'll just make more laws and that guy won't have that bag of guns anymore. And it just as simple as that. So problem <laughs> solved. So I couldn't, I couldn't, if you run, you know, Kim, you got my full support, but I couldn't be in politics. I'm just, I just, I'm going to make a law and it'll go away. No, we need less laws, less, less regulation. And maybe that's the role of someone being in that place, uh, in that position. Um, yeah, but yeah, anyway, so. I always joke if I ever get elected, 
I'm going to bring up young Republicans with me and I'm going to let them have space in my office. And one or two of them is going to be dedicated to reading through all, all lame laws and finding all the bogus ones and we're getting rid of them or the wasted tax dollars or this or that. That's right. Time to start cleaning up. Think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. I'm also going to fix the uh, uh, concealed carry. I'm, I'm going to fix the concealed carry, the may or shall, uh-uh, the whole five references, uh-uh, the no more. I'm going to fix everything. They better listen. These gun grabbers better hope I never get in legislative hall. I think they're going to try to see today. I'm going to try. <laughs> she has my support. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, uh, Deborah, you're wonderful. Uh, Kim, I hope I'm never on the other side from you <laughs> on any, any issue. You seem relentless, you know, so I'm hoping to be on your side. You Tenacious. Know. What's that? Tenacious. You're That's an excellent side. word. <laughs> Tenacious. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Deborah, it was awesome uh, meeting you. Uh, uh, everything you Thank had you. to share, you know, Kim, as always, you know, it was, it was a pleasure. Um, T, I wish I could say the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys don't have anything else. I'm gonna let you guys go, and um, you know we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Thank and, you. You know, Kim, as it tends to be, the next thing that happens, we'll we'll probably do this again. Um, Thank you both. Yes, we will. Thanks for your support, Keith. <laughs> great, great meeting Hi, you, everybody. Yeah. Very awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and as far as on our end, if anyone wants to listen to more wants to find out more um you know this podcast uh itunes spotify youtube but there's also um the website acts the number two the word and the number 42.com 